And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. He was, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now here it is. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And that's what it's all about. He did not doubt that God, if he said that he would make him the father of all nations, even though he didn't fully understand that, he believed because God said so. Being convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Very important. And that's why it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, this is important because we can't really talk about the therefore. What was the purpose of that episode in Scripture uh, in the Old Testament? Now, this is where we come in. It's also, not, I'm sorry, 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Now see, there's the heart of our justification. The heart of our justification is that we must also be have the faith that Abraham had. There's many people that seem to think it's ridiculous that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your salvation, your eternity is taken care of. That seems to the average mind it doesn't make sense. And you know why it doesn't? Because there are many messiahs out there. And we're in an age where we see more unbelief than belief. Yet at the same time, because Jesus Christ is the one and only uh, source of salvation, and because the Holy Spirit is moving this gospel to the four corners of the world under Abraham, so that in when we look at uh, Galatians, we are reminded that all of us are sons of God, but we're also in Abraham. It's Abraham's offspring. And that offspring is rooted in Jesus Christ. He's the seed. And the seed that comes after him will be Jesus who will save his people, God's people from their sin. Isn't that wonderful? That is good news. Can you say amen? amen. That's good news to me. And what a burden it takes off of us, huh? To know that our God will justify us by faith. And that faith is not your own faith. This is the faith that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. It's God's faith that brings you to faith. 
It's all God. And because he loves us, and because he has chosen his people before the foundation of the world, by God he is, ooh, he is going to save his people. So I, I'd like to read this, because th this is beautiful. This is from John Oswell, who is an Old Testament scholar, and he is very well respected, okay? So don't be afraid of scholars who are biblical. <laughs> Listen to what he says about justification by faith. Justification by faith is to rest on that faith. It's a life of trust. It's a life of belief and obedience in God. Isn't that interesting? In Him who is eternal, there is permanence. In Him who has no rival, there's security. In Him who uh, has made us in his own image, there is freedom. In him who combines complete power, complete holiness, and complete love, there is tranquility. Now that is resting in faith. And those who know these things can silence their fears, their anxieties before God just as he silences the raging seas. I always love to see the scripture being, you know, brought to the creation. If our God has created all things and he can take care of the raging seas, well, you also saw that in Jesus' ministry, huh? They were afraid, so he calmed the seas. Well, if he can calm the seas and take care of the whole creation... Can he not save his people whom he chosen from the foundation of the world? Yes, indeed, he can. And he does. And so you have to understand that. And that's why when you understand that, you can understand why the, the therefore you have been justified by faith. Okay, now, once you're justified by faith, what is the scripture saying here? Well, we have peace with God. I'm telling you, it's very important to have peace with God if you're saved. If you're truly saved and justified by God, by Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and resurrection, then it is a paramount thing to have peace in your heart. Because that peace also comes from God. It's the peace of God. I think as Christians, because we live in a world, we get confused that we have to find peace in our, well, I have to find this inner peace. Forget it. Don't look for inner peace. First, find the peace of God through Jesus Christ, and he will give you the tranquility, the inner peace. He will give it to you. And you must believe that by faith. So you see, it takes faith to believe uh -huh, that you have peace with God. And how do you have that peace? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, just as the scripture says. See that? Simple. 
But then there's something more that comes about through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand. Ah, access. Let me tell you something about access. All right. Wonderful. Okay. If uh, you take a second here, I'm going to turn to Ephesians. Chapter 2. And listen what the Word of God says. In verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. For he himself is our peace. I'm going to stop there. Ponder upon that. He, the Lord Jesus Christ, who from eternity, being one with the Father, came into the flesh for one reason, to save those whom the Father had chosen from eternity. And if you're in Christ, you have joy. You should have peace because you were chosen by him. You did not choose him. He chose you. And through all of the history, you weren't even born. But when you were born and as you grew up, when you came to Christ... You were now able to understand, wow, I was chosen from the foundation of the world before the world was ever created. And how can that be? Because our God is eternal. There's nothing perishable about our God. Nothing. We are perishable. But what reigns in us is Christ himself. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you hear me? So the hope of glory resides in you. Not because you're a good person or not because you're better than anybody else. You know, it really makes us all equal. And that's beautiful. God had to make us all equal because we're competitive, we're sinners, we make a mess. He had to make us equal. And by making us equal, he did it in Christ. And then he didn't end there, okay? This access to faith is very important. Which means this, all right? Religion in and of itself, looks for mediators, okay? Human mediators. Well, how did they get that all? Well, it started from the Old Testament, right? The priest, once a year, huh? he's a human being, isn't he? He's a priest. He goes and offers sacrifice for their sins, once a year. And so the people had, of Israel had to depend on that. But guess what? It's no longer that. You can go to Christ, your Savior, if you're in Christ, 
and you can confess your sins. And he who is faithful, even though you're unfaithful and I'm unfaithful, will forgive you of your sins. But ultimately, he is making a statement, our Lord, that God will not hold your sins against you because you're in Christ. And this Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. Wow, that's exciting. Well, he goes on to say that Jesus reconciled us in one body through the cross and he put enmity to death. For through him we have access by one Holy Spirit of God. Therefore, here's what Paul reminds us in Ephesians. You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now, see, so if you have access to God, you also have that because you now belong to a new family. And that family is the church. Now listen. He says, having built that On the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom the whole building is fit together, grows in a holy temple into the Lord. In whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. See? Isn't that beautiful? So access to faith is all God. Access to faith. Membership in the body of Christ with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone and you the living stones that are being built up in Him for the glory of God the Father and the glory of Christ that's going to be revealed. Oh, man. I can't get excited any more than that. Isn't it wonderful? That's who we are in Christ. And you know, the more you focus on, on that, the more you won't be doing this a lot. Oh, poor me, you know, I'm struggling with sin and this and that. Okay, we all do it. We all struggle. But you've got to keep reminding yourself. You've got to preach the gospel to yourself. And you've got to be able to say, yes, I'm a sinner. I struggle with sin, but I have a faithful Savior who who will forgive me moment by moment. Seven days. 24 hours. I don't need a mediator or another mediator. That was the Old Testament. The Old Testament is fulfilled. Now we have Christ and we can go directly to God through Jesus Christ because Christ reigns in us. The hope of glory. Huh? I don't know what to tell you. We could stop on those two sentences right there. (laughs) All right, but it goes on. Okay, it's by grace, we know. Now, here is the negative part that we struggle with. But you have to take it from God's point of view. Look at In verse 3, he says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because, oh, this is the most exciting. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit who is given to us. 
I'm going to tell you, that's the most important thing. The love of God. You know, God didn't have to love us. He didn't have to save us. Do you believe that? He didn't have to do that. But he made that determination before the foundation of the world. He made that determination that he is not going to lose his children. And Christ came to confirm that. Remember when Christ says, no one will snatch you out of my hands, nor my father's hands. Now, when I read that, you can't help but weep. I guess I'm a weeping prophet. It really does. It really touches my heart. It should touch your heart. And that's what should inflame you for the love of God. And be inflamed with the love of God. Don't be so trivial about your struggle with sin. And, and do exactly what God wants. He wants you to be more like him, more like his son. Which means you can't live in the world and be worldly and at the same time be a Christian. But we're struggling. We all struggle. And it doesn't mean that the world is, there's something wrong with the world. The world that God created is perfect. The world that fell in sin is under the God of this world, Satan. But he has also been conquered through Jesus Christ. And that was the first to conquer him. After that, he came in the flesh. Well, not after. At the cross. When he resurrected to the Father. The Father exalted him. Why did he exalt him? Because he was the servant of servant. The mediator between God the Father and his children us. So you see, we, like Abraham, are now friends of God by faith, by this access, by grace. But we have to face this one. We must learn to glory in our tribulations. And we must really be sound scripturally to know and we know this if you read the bible on your own you know that god turns suffering and pain okay that we experience in our physical body he turns it into perseverance and what is perseverance that means god is saying don't give up i reign in you You are in Christ, and when this life is over, you will be with me forever in glory. Isn't that wonderful? So, we have to be sober about this. We're going to go through tribulation, suffering, persecution. And as we know, in today's world, Christians are being murdered for the faith. But how can they go to their death with joy because they believe this. And you too must believe it. We're in a very soft, soft culture. And we don't know one day to the next if we who live in the United States will suffer persecution. We, we, we suffer persecution in many ways, in tribulations, in our relationships, uh, in the world. 
but we have not suffered where our life is asked from us. Not yet. But I tell you this, if you don't have this in your heart with joy and you live for God because you're a believer, you will not be ready for persecution if persecution comes to America in the form that it's coming in the Muslim world. We have to be ready if that should take place. And don't be naive thinking it'll never happen here. All right. Right now, we don't have to worry about that just this minute. We have to worry about the persecution that we Christians are going through because the world around us is changing. America has changed. And there's so many issues. But let me tell you this. You cannot be successful unless you're rooted in Jesus Christ and work by His grace and power. We are not able to take care of all that's going on in our country unless we have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of His Word in our hearts. So, guess what? All this is building character. Now, hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Did you notice that I stopped there a long time because it's all about the love of God? Let me tell you this. It's not about your love or my love for God. All right? That comes because God first loved me and loved you, right? That's what the scripture says. So because he loved you, he has poured his love in your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have also the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Isn't that wonderful? So you have Christ's power, his presence, and the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Now you can understand why you could put up with tribulation and suffering because it's temporary. We just heard the scripture uh, this morning. That is all temporary, but that which is eternal is what we're concerned about. Our life is short, and come on, we all experience this with heart, right? But praise be to God, he was in Jesus Christ. And we too have to be in Christ, and don't ever think that today or tomorrow you'll still be here. You hear that from Pastor John all the time. What happened to Harv could happen to you and me. But the joy is that he was in the Lord. And yes, there's sorrow. But I'm going to tell you something. I've been just talking to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> Harv is in glory because he's absent from his body, is with you, and he's waiting for a resurrected body and being in glory with the rest of the saints. That's you, me, and everybody else. He's waiting for that. That greatest part of glory. Okay? So, yes, there's sadness. But please, have joy. He's with the Lord. He will never die again. He will never have sorrow. He will never have a pain. He will never look back. And he will look upon us with love. Because the love of God is where he dwells. Wow. 
I get excited. Now, now this hope doesn't disappoint us because we say that God has poured his, his love in our hearts. Uh, if you don't mind, I have a quote from my dearest brother in Christ, okay? Uh, and I'm not bragging. I have a brother in Christ that I've known for 46 years, okay? And we've been growing together. He also became my associate pastor when I was pastoring church at Cornerstone, okay? And I was chatting with him, and he gave me something that came from his heart. And I want to share that with you because it's precious to me. When it comes to the blessed hope of God, remember that it's not a passive hope. May I make a comment on that? Have you ever heard people say, I hope it'll all turn out well with you. Ah! Have a little hope. Like as if, you know, you just get it in a, in a container somewhere. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When people talk that way and they do that, and you have done it, so don't you dare do it again. <laughs> what you're speaking about is that, that hope is, a, is, is um, it's chance. We don't believe in chance. And what the scripture is saying here is that hope is grounded and rooted in eternity where we will be with the Lord. That's true hope, okay? Hope has an object, and that object is Christ and his glory and our glory. So you understand that? So it's not a wish. Don't ever wish. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, it's a wish, you know? No, true hope is grounded in Christ. And you know what it says in the scripture? That the soul is grounded in hope. Grounded in this hope. Praise the Lord. So this is what my friend says. Hope is a life transforming hope. As our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ grows, we trust the Lord more and yield our lives more to the purifying and sanctifying work of the Holy Ghost. The more we believe that our forever, ooh, this is a big one, the more we believe that our forever is secured by death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the more we will walk in step with the Holy Spirit with the love of Jesus Christ in our hearts. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I, 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 that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, that's the true hope. All right, well, then we go on, and the Lord is trying to tell us here through the Scripture, when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone, someone will die. Here again, we're going to see the same message. But God, 
verse 8. One of the most important verses in this whole therefore. Okay? But God demonstrates his own love toward us that in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more, now having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Uh, the wrath through him. Now, there it is. We're justified by his blood. The wrath of God is no longer something we should worry about. Why? Because we're reminded in Romans 8 that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right? I deserve to be condemned. You deserve to be condemned. But because of grace, because of faith, in other words, that's the whole point, you know. There you got it over there. Grace alone, Christ alone, faith alone. And what? All for the glory of God. And that's what this is about. It's about the glory that we're going to receive. So all this is exactly what it ended up that we've been saved and the glory that we're going to receive is awesome. And I I just want to conclude here with a scripture in Philippians. If you you let me do that, I'll be happy. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. That's a good way to end, isn't it? our lowly bodies will be raised in glory. Why? Because God the Father honored Jesus when he died and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. He rewarded him with the power to subdue all things in heaven, on earth, and even below the earth. You know what that means? That the wicked... And the devil and all his demons are subjected to Jesus Christ. And that's why I can say, while we live in the flesh, we battle not with flesh and blood, but with the powers and principalities that are in the air. That's the demons and Satan with it. But we have conquered and we're victorious over them because of Christ. We no longer need to fear them. We, we just sang it. Didn't we sing that? We don't fear the foe. He's been conquered. May I just say as a conclusion, the only one thing that God has got to do before Jesus Christ and his coming does. He's, Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that the last enemy that will be put down is death itself. That's what our Lord Jesus Christ is going to do. 
And when that's done, guess what? Those who are written in the book of life will have life. But those that aren't will die forever. And so that's why, may I say, we must continue living the Christian life, but we must also reach out to those who are unsaved because the second death is a horrible death. The first death that we go through is nothing because we're already secure in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much that we have gathered in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we hear your word, and may the word just change us. And may we be reminded also, Father, in the scripture that in Corinthians we're reminded that faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of this is love. Why? Because when you're in glory, you don't need faith because you see him as he is. When you're in glory, you don't need hope because you have the object of your hope, Jesus Christ and eternal life. And the only thing that will remain forever is love because God is love and we will be loved forevermore. Amen. Amen.